Okay, you guys, so I hope everybody's doing really well. Today is Tuesday, so I think I've done some updates, but I, to be honest, if I'm being like completely, completely, completely honest, I had to cut my previous podcast actually like short and I didn't like do that. Well, I did do it on purpose, but like I wasn't like, I don't know, it probably ended quite abruptly. And so possibly like didn't even really make sense at the end. And the whole kind of purpose of the podcast was to kind of discuss recent plans, roughly where I'm at, that kind of thing. And even though it did do that, I then uploaded it and then had a text from my agent, which then A, it made me realize that I'm not really allowed to just say where I'm racing, even though like I by no means think I'm a big deal at all, but that's kind of the context that it's taken in that if you're, you basically just have to wait until a race releases, you know, their elite field or whatever. And then that kind of dictates when you can kind of be like, oh yeah, by the way, like to any of my followers or blah, 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 like I'm racing this race. And it's like, I think I always joke that I'm not like Lionel Messi or whatever. And so like, I don't think people care that much, but what I can say is it is a April marathon and I'm also looking to do a half marathon in March in Lisbon. And so I don't really mind saying that because, well, I guess I don't think the Lisbon half marathon really cares if I announce that I'm doing that now or, or closer to the time. Um, but yeah, when, when it comes to like the actual marathon, to be honest, it's it's not actually confirmed, which is really interesting. I'm not too concerned about it because this is kind of like, I don't know, I guess it's kind of just like a thing when you get like, well, it's not really a thing, but like sometimes I just have to be patient and, and wait. And I do believe that I'll get the start line in the marathon that I want to run that's in April. But I guess I just have to wait and see kind of how all that pans out. And, and then, yeah, hope for, yeah, obviously hope for the best. Um, but, you know, things are things are in a, a really good place. Um, I guess that's kind of like why I thought it was a good idea to, you know, do a podcast. Things are actually in a really, really good place. Well, I mean, at least I think they are. Um, I've kind of done like this probably a fair amount of time now of, of like good training and I think that's a combination of you might remember probably like maybe it's a year ago or like two years ago I think it's two years ago and I trained for Rotterdam Marathon and then I kind of had like problems with like shoes and that kind of thing and it was kind of frustrating but I but I also like it's not that like I use the shoe thing as an excuse but like you kind of do, right? So like, I know like it, it's a fact. I I raced the marathon in a pair of shoes that were a size too small, and that's never a good thing. But now when I kind of like think back, I kind of look at it and I'm like, well, you know, it was kind of fine until you started to get tired, and and then like of course, the further you go in a pair of shoes that are too small, of course they hurt a little bit more. But I'd probably just say it probably just heightened my senses to pain 
when I started to get tired. And and the reason you're starting to get tired is is because of like training. And so but I, I did come away from Rotterdam and it's the best I've ever felt until that point of the race. So it wasn't like it wasn't this like total negative experience. And and if I was to give any sort of advice there, it would be when you're kind of digesting a race result, like always even if it's a really good race result, like look at Dublin, but always kind of like read between the lines a little bit too, where it's kind of like, I know the outcome might've been pretty good or pretty bad. Well, you know, whatever it is, but it's kind of like, was there some positives to take from this experience? Or you might look at it as, you know, was there, was, you know, was there some, even a good performance, for example, was there some negatives to take? Hold on. And so that would kind of be like my advice with that, that it's kind of look Rotterdam was this like, it was frustrating. There was the shoe thing. I stopped, I sat at the side of the road. I took shoes off. I had a little boohoo moment, but when I look back at it, I do, I do know that from about 36, 37 K that I was starting to like struggle way more than, you know, at like 30 K 32 <clears throat> and so there was huge positives to take from it. Something that I was doing in training had led to it being the best I've ever felt, certainly up to halfway, definitely around 30K. I mean, you're looking at like feeling way better that day than I did at Dublin, than I did when I ran 209 in London. I mean, like way better. But there was definitely something missing because I wasn't able to finish it off like perhaps I was capable at Dublin and at London. So the the training that I've gone for, I wish two years ago, I I took the training from Rotterdam and sort of went, you know what, this this worked like to an extent, but there was little bits missing, right? Probably just little bits. But I did my usual Stephen thing and and you know, ripped up the piece of paper and scrambled it all up and threw it in the bin and and trained completely different for the likes of the Commonwealth Games and then felt awful at the Commonwealth Games. I mean, awful. Not even close to how I felt in Rotterdam. And so I guess the long story short is that the training that I've been doing is like a combination of, well, this kind of stuff worked for Dublin, there's no doubt about it. But what I had at Rotterdam, I didn't have at Dublin, and then vice versa. So I wanted this kind of how do we get this like in between? This in between where you might still feel some of that good feeling that you had at Rotterdam, but then you also might have that like finishing, finish it off sort of asset that you had at London. 2020 and then also you know Dublin recently and so how am I kind of going about achieving that I think what was missing at Dublin and what was missing in in the London like a you know whatever that was like three years ago um a lot of the stuff before Rotterdam that felt really good was was getting back to probably doing a lot of like thresholdy type stuff, not just the 
marathony type threshold, but also the kind of like half marathony type work and getting quicker while keeping the lactate low, which sounds silly. And it sounds like, it doesn't sound silly. It sounds really important, but it's like, well, duh, that's obviously a good thing. Bring your lactate down, run quicker. Hello, but how are you doing it? That's kind of like the the key to this. That's like, I did it back in 2022, I guess it was for Rotterdam. I kind of did it following the like, like the Ingebrigtsen, you know, double threshold sort of <clears throat> system. And even though they're not marathon runners, if you kind of look at it, even even if you can only run a 2K rep or a 1K rep, you know, I told you guys, I think I did in the last podcast that I had gone from running 305 per kilometer. Oh, my throat. Why does it do this, guys? Hold on. <coughs> oh, sad. Golly, my throat gets so dry when I when I'm talking. Um, but I'd gone from 305 to, you know, 255 and, you know, that's like a, a huge jump, you could say. And, and I know it's like, I'm not stupid and I know that it's only, you know, 1K, like, duh, I know that. But at the same time, I joined Mark Scott a couple of days ago for a session <clears throat> and we were running like longer reps, like four kilometer reps. Um, and we were looking to run around like three minutes to 305 per K. Now, if you go back to like five weeks ago and when I run 1K at 305 and what, what was my lactate, like three, for example, back then, and all of a sudden now it's 255, you know, even though you're, I, even though it's only a K and I appreciate that, but now that you're doing these 4K reps, let's be honest, where would you rather be, you know, in that first K of the 4K rep? You know, do you want to be the guy that, you know, at 305, you're already at three lactate? Or, you know, if you've got that pace down to like 255, well, obviously, when you go back to 305, you're you're 90% sure that it's going to feel less effort than, you know, like 255. So you kind of at least know that you're going to get to like 1K, which sounds ridiculous because I hadn't really done longer reps at at sort of like three minute pace or 305 pace. But I just had this kind of like confidence because I was like, well, if I can run a K, I know it's only a K. I know I've said that about a million times. But the, the brain wave or the brain space that you're in is like, well, I'm going to get to a K and I'm going to be chilling because if I'm if I'm not feeling that hard when I'm running bloody 255, I mean, three minutes to 305, I should be chilling. And and that... So, so there's this like, sorry, my phone gave me my whereabouts alarm, which just means every day I have to make sure that uh, drug testing knows where I am, which is a everyday thing. But essentially you you have this confidence because like I said, if you're if you're doing K reps at marathon pace, right? And they're let's pretend it's 340. And that's the quickest you've done K reps. And then and then you want your body to go 4K or 5K or 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 even 10K. You're you're not gonna be that confident because like running's kind of never easy. So I'm sure even when you were just doing the 1K reps at like 340, 
unless they're like so easy it's unbelievable well then you might have some confidence but because running is like it's never really easy it's likely that you still had to kind of work a bit during those and so your confidence just won't be super high but then if you've kind of like been showing up and you've been doing these k's and you're doing them at 340 and you know over the space of five six weeks you've kind of got them down to like 330 and you know your heart rate's kind of the same and the effort sort of feels the same well then naturally you're going to be way more confident in your ability to kind of do like longer reps at that marathony pace and so i guess that's the only it's the only thing that I can really look back at that Rotterdam build up and, and think, yeah, I think that really played a part. But again, they were 1K reps or 400 meter reps back back then. I haven't done any 400 meter reps this time, just the 1Ks. But as we know, it's a 42K race. And so it's not enough to just get those 1Ks to a good place to then help the sort of like 3Ks or 4Ks. What I did do a great job of for Dublin and, and, you know, for London back in the day, that bloody time that I always talk about. I did this great job of lengthening that fitness. And that's kind of what I guess happens next. So I've done this phenomenal job recently of getting, you know, some of the, some of the basics back in training um, you know, gone are the days where I just ran 70 mile a week and on a Tuesday I did 800 meter reps or K reps, you know, pretty solid. And then on a Thursday I did a five or six mile tempo, pretty solid. And on a Saturday I did hills, right? And then on a Sunday I did 90 minutes to one hour 45. It was a bloody good week. That used to build, you know, really good fitness. So I brought some of those... Oh, I really need to figure out this throat. (coughs) It doesn't make any sense. My throat gets really dry. And then obviously I have to cough because it's like so dry. Oh, it's crazy. Sorry about that. Anyway, I had to bring some of those like basics back. But then I also had to be like smart about it because at the end of the day, I have a, a marathon coming up. And and even though I achieved good results when I was younger, by doing some of that really simple but good training, well, I feel like I'm smart enough now and, and more intelligent when it comes to training that I can kind of do this. It's going to sound ridiculous. I, I hate even saying this word out loud, but it's kind of like a hybrid program. Oh, that makes me cringe. Kills me. But it's kind of this hybrid program that's like part science and like using the knowledge that I have now and and the tools that I have, like whether it's tracking it with lactate and this sort of thing and and seeing real data come back that things are in a better place. But one of the sort of measures that you can't measure is there's no doubt about it that for Dublin and London, the two marathons that I finished off the best, I had trained the psychology to really be able to, you know, just endure, not pain, because it's, but just to psychologically be capable of working at a hard effort for a long period of time, even when it starts to become uncomfortable. You know, when things start to fall apart a bit and you start to slow or you have an uphill when you're really tired or, um, so it, it's a, 
maybe it's like a hybrid program in that regard. I wanted to get those Ks. If I, if I could do Ks, like, you know, prior to Rotterdam in 2023, I think it was around about like March sort of time. I was able to do the Ks, you know, in 253 to 255, that sort of stuff. And And what I mean by that is I could do them and check the lactate after and it was still, you know, two and a half to three, that sort of thing. Um, even though saying that out loud, you don't need to check lactate, right? Because if you, <laughs> this is the really interesting thing, right? If you, if you can do eight by K or 10 by K at, at, let's say right now for me, it's 255 and you can, you know, you take a minute rest. If you can improve that to 250 or 248 or 247, <clears throat> it might sound ridiculous, but it doesn't really matter what your lactate is. If you can run quicker for a certain session, it's it's not a bad thing. I'll tell you that. So, and I say that because I was kind of doing my K reps tonight and I was kind of working a bit and I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, could you actually go a lot faster? And I'm not talking about, like I said, faster, but keep the lactate the same because it's only a minute rest. So there's only sort of like so hard or so fast you kind of want to go so that you can kind of recover in that minute and, and hold that same pace. And that's kind of why you don't really need to constantly be checking like lactate and stuff because if you're doing K reps with only a minute rest, you can kind of only really run at like you know half marathon type effort possibly you can get closer to 10k type effort but trust me when i say if you can get that session to a better place and don't worry about lactate you're you'll be in a better place that's that's the bottom line the way i look at it i i look at the people that are running super super quick for 10k maybe maybe they ran 27 20 you know maybe they ran you know 27 40 and they can do 10 by a K quicker than I can with a minute rest. And I'm kinda, I don't know how that sounds, but yeah, they can do their 10 by a K off a minute rest in 245. And, and I can tell you that no matter what my lactate would be, it could be fucking 18, but I still couldn't do it in 245. And I'll tell you that right now. So that's what I mean. Like, don't, just because I'm mentioning lactate and just because I can check that and just because that kind of shows real evidence that, you know, maybe something's moved forward. But never neglect that if you can just do a session now that you weren't able to do previously or quicker than previously, well, that's still a really good thing. No matter what day and age we're in of lactate and heart rates and all this sort of thing. It's just like, well, you know, previously I couldn't do five by a mile and at six minute mile pace and and now I can. And that's a really simple strategy to get better. So then how do you get that to then make sense for the marathon? Well, obviously, if you've improved, you know, I, I, I'm going to bang on about it again. But if I'm not at 255 and marathon pace is like 305 or, or thereabouts, maybe three minutes to 305. Well, like I said, I'd still rather be feeling how I do now at 255 and that not be 305 like it was six weeks ago. Because the chances of me holding it together now versus six weeks ago is is huge because I've minimized the cost of running at a certain speed. It's it's 
genius. But of course, it is only 1K. So you've got to extend that. And that's where you'll see me start to do 2K reps, 3K reps, 5K reps. Now, one thing you'll see is I've already done uh, 5K reps. I think I've actually already done possibly 6K. I'm not sure on that. No, I think I've just done 5K. But when I did those sessions, they weren't really at marathon pace. They were just longer LT1 sessions, like that lower... Oh, my throat's gone again. Bear with me. Maybe it's when I say a certain word. It just really gets in there, like a certain letter. I'm not really sure. I need to avoid L then. But they were like... They weren't... They weren't really extensive work yet. So if I do like LT1, it's still improving everything. But it's not like a... What I what I heard recently was when you when you kind of expose yourself to like race pace, you know, the first time you kind of do it, it might not actually feel that great. And then what your body does is it kind of it kind of gets better at that. It's not just the pace, it's the kind of energy it's required to run at that pace. And that can be Maybe it gives off more heat the first time it does it, I think is what I heard. And maybe you get like a a slightly bigger like heart rate drift the first time you do it. We're kind of like, you know, your heart rate's just going up and up and up. But if there's one thing about the human body, it's really good at kind of like adjusting, right? So it's really good at like, all right, I wasn't brilliant at that last week, but, you know, maybe next week I'll be a bit better. So... The reps I did with Mark, the kind of 4K reps, I mean, I got to tell you, I'd like them to be feeling a bit better come the marathon. But then I sort of remembered Dublin and I sort of thought, well, you didn't really feel great in Dublin and you were kind of able to just keep going. So don't worry so much that it might not feel easy or super comfortable or all these kind of sexy things. Just just be really positive that you were like able to get, I think I told you this a month or two ago, I wanted to start doing longer reps at race pace because when I go to altitude, I kind of just like, I think like I told you before, Dublin, the, the longest rep was like four miles, I think, at five minute pace, you know, and then you're going to try race a marathon at that pace. It's like, whew, it's daunting. So I think to already have done, you know, I know it's only four times two and a half mile. But it's still pretty cool that I've done four times two and a half mile quicker than marathon pace, right? And so it will extend, but sometimes you have to kind of go backwards to go forward. So the next time I do it, it might actually just be 3K reps, but I'll do more than 16K. So four times two and a half mile is 10 mile, 16K. So if I'm going to do 3Ks, well, maybe I can do six times 3K at marathon pace. And and when I'm prioritizing pace, I don't care really too much about lactate and effort and heart rate and this kind of thing. I'd love it to be in a really good place, but I'm hoping that over the next, you know, six to eight weeks, that will come, right? So 
work on getting some of your best sessions back to being possible. I told you, the Ks, 255, X-lactate. I've also done hill sessions that I knew I had had them in a really good place previously and I wanted that skill back. I did some of those tempos around the likes of Victoria Park that I used to be able to do at a certain pace and I wanted that skill back. So I don't know like what you personally have been capable of doing previously and and you have to have a think about that. You have to be like, well, is there something I used to be able to do that I couldn't do now or I'm not sure if I could do it now? How do I kind of get that skill back while not losing <laughs> your other skills? So this is kind of the balance now. So like like training today, for example, I did, b- because I worked pretty hard with Mark on Saturday, I, I made the decision to like go a bit easier today in the morning. So it's kind of like, I'm happy to push. I'm happy to like get stuck in and, and work a bit and possibly even work a little bit too hard. But then I think to myself, okay, that's fine. You did that. Well done. But let's not get greedy. Let's now take that little step back. And and that's when I go back to the, I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced about this LT1 work, this like keep the lactate under two stuff where like you have to run a bit slower. Well, I do a bit slower than marathon type pace at the minute. I don't know. I honestly don't. But I will say that I've seen athletes doing it and they're racing well. So I can't totally be like, I think that's not worth doing. So I kind of do my like, like I'll push a bit today, I'll get things going. And then I'm like, okay, now we'll do a little bit of science. We'll kind of hold back a bit. However, I still go tonight because what I do know for a fact is... I do respond well to the LT2 training. And that's the... Oh, hold on. We throat. I think I've ran out of juice and everything, team. Oh, my days. I think it's definitely L. I think it is. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to stop saying that. So that other second... I'm going to just say second threshold. I think that works better. So that second threshold, I do respond well to that. And that's the thing I talked about that was 305 pace, which is now 255 pace. So the reason I went and did, so I did 14k of volume this morning. And normally like the double threshold day comes out at about 20k. So obviously 14k isn't 20k. And I did it really sensibly where I kept the lactate. I think it was like 1.7. So like, if I'm being completely honest, that's very easy. Like, it's not very slow because I was still running quite quick. But in terms of like how much it took out of like the physiological system and stuff, it's not much. But of course, as you get fitter, the problem is that like mechanically, it's still taking quite a bit out of you. Physically, I suppose, but not physiologically. But I did think to myself, I think it had been, I've I've spoke about it enough now, but I'm just going to say it again. I've ran 255 for a okay, blah, 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 blah. I'm so good. Whoa, whoa, look at me. But that 255 thing that I keep riping on about, I think it had been about 10 days since I had done that. And call me like whatever, but I like to keep in touch with that. So it's kind of like 
well, sure, two weeks ago you were able to do it in 255, but can you still do that now? And the only reason I'm telling you that isn't a brag. I don't, I hope you realize I don't try to brag about anything on podcast or YouTube. It's not, I do mention 209 a fair bit, but it's YouTube and you need this hook and blah, 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 blah. It might be new people that aren't watching and they need to know. That said, I am a big believer in don't really ever go two weeks without tapping into something that you had got to a good place because like you can you can lose it as quick as you kind of gain it and probably if I waited until next week you know if another full week went by it might have slipped back to like 258 three minutes that's how kind of quickly it happens and then you're back to god I need to now work on this to get it back to where it had been and actually we kind of hoped that it would get quicker right so that's the kind of like difficult balance of like you've got a skill to this new place you want to keep that skill in this new place but you also want to develop other skills now if you're a marathon runner i mean if you're any runner this this should make sense to just need to give a wee pause there a wee second for the poor throat any type of runner this all makes sense but you don't necessarily need to extend as much but of course you're trying to get sessions to a better place that's every event specific if you're a marathon runner in the sort of final four to five weeks you probably can afford to lose and i hate this i hate this you can probably afford to do a little bit less of like that maybe it's the second threshold that you've got back to a good place or a better place because you do need to prioritize that extension bit so of course if you're out there and you're maybe doing a hard long run or in the morning instead of doing 14k and by 14k i mean i did two times 3k and then four times 2k so 14k but let's say for easy argument i did six times 4k which is 24k I'm probably not going to go out that night and do that second threshold work. I'm also not going to push the morning session harder to get that second threshold work. If it made sense to do it all at that first threshold or LT1, not LT2, well, that's what you do. So what I mean by that is still as you get closer to your race, you might find that you, you can't keep every asset that you've built right? It's just, in other words, there's not enough days in the week to to do everything. You can't keep VO2 max in a really brilliant place. You can't keep like your 5k, 10k fitness in a really, really good place. You can pencil in some sessions to top them up and hopefully maintain the skills that you've built. But of course, you will have to start prioritizing the the bulk of this specific work that is going to help you finish the marathon. And this sexy pace, you've got your one case too. Yes, it's probably moved everything forward. Yes, it's amazing. But like I found out in Rotterdam in 2022, I think it was, it won't necessarily help you finish off the marathon. So I've got, I'm going to say it again, <laughs> I've got those one case to 255. But the amount of work that it took to get those to 255 and and think of that as a recipe the recipe to get those to 255 was a lot of training at lt2 
probably like 10 to 12 miles a week at LT2. And so obviously if in the last five, six weeks I can only do four mile or five mile at LT2, they might drop a little bit, those paces. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best to keep that asset exactly where it is. But that's the kind of thing that I just, I don't know the answer yet. But, but I've kind of rambled on a little bit there. But the training has been a very, very basic at one level because it's all about just trying to get faster and not like expend as much energy. So quicker, but it feel easier. <clears throat> but then also I've always at the back of my mind tried to tailor things that I am a marathon runner and not a 1500 meter runner like the Ingebrigtsens. But now the training will transition to not... <sighs> okay, what I've been doing has worked. It's got things to a really good place. I can feel it. So I'm not going to like get rid of it completely, but I am going to dedicate every probably 10 days a very marathon specific, this will keep you going. What are those marathon specific sessions? That's when you do the 20k, 1k, a bit quicker than race pace, 1k a bit slower. The traditional 7 times 2k, again, the 2k a bit quicker than marathon, the 1k a bit slower, that's your float. It moves to 6 times 3k, 5 or 6 times 4k, 5 times 5k. They're the they're marathony type sessions, but there's other marathony type sessions you can do, like 8k, 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 or 10k, 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 and that's kind of going maybe... I personally will go like 30 seconds per mile slower than race pace, 15 seconds per mile slower than race pace, and then bang at marathon race pace. So that was kind of five mile, five mile, five mile. In other words, you want to be over sort of 20K up to sort of 30K and a chunk of it at race pace. <laughs> you know, it's it's that's the aim of the game is, is in train and to likely have done a lot of sort of 20 to 30k efforts were hopefully quite a lot of it was not at race pace but if you do the math six times 4k 24k you've done all that at race pace and then you've probably done a 1k float so that's 29 to 30k not a kick in the arse off race pace the 10k 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 if you if you if you build it properly and you do 6k 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 and then 8k 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 and then the final one can be 10K, 10K, 10K. Again, you're going to, you know, it's going to be that middle one. So if you've gone, for me personally, if I've gone 530 and then I've gone 515 and then I've gone five minute pace, well, I'm going to have average 515 pace for 30K. You know, it's really solid. So that's the kind of like bread and butter marathony type stuff. But you're, I'll probably handle them a lot better than previously because I've done all the the basic stuff. I've got tempo back to a good place. I've got 10K effort stuff back to a good place. I'm pretty sure I could run a 10K PB right now, but I haven't felt that for a while. And why had I not felt that for a while? Because I hadn't been working on it. <clears throat> I'll tell you an example. I came home, I was training for Houston Marathon a couple of years ago, <coughs> and I came home from Flagstaff, and I thought it was this like, 
you know, just like this, oh, I'm the big time, I'm the professional, you know, I run 209, blah, 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 blah. And then sure, I got beaten at 10K, you know, in, in, in Northern Ireland. And, and it was a, you know, a bloody good day for people running 10Ks. I think the winner ran like 29.30 and, and, you know, I got beat. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, just because you're the like big time professional and you'd ran this once upon a time, if you don't keep your assets, you're not that runner all the time. And so I've ran 28.30 in the past, but unless you train that, it's gone. I'm telling you, you might have ran a 5k PB or a 10k PB even six months ago. But if you haven't done the same work that you did prior to the PB, you're probably not going to do that right now. That's how kind of like shit running is. It just, vamoosh, gone. It just, just disappears like you never did it. And so the beautiful thing is, is that you can get it back. How do you get it back? You have to work at it expose yourself to some of the stuff that maybe lately you haven't wanted to do. But back then, when you had the big goal of a big 5k, 10k, you were willing. What you need to do a better job of is in that early phase of marathon training and throughout, actually, get those assets back, get those skills back, that good 5k fitness, that good 10k fitness. I'd, I'm not going to say I could run a 5k PB right now because that Morton Games was actually so hard <laughs> and, I, and I had worked hard for that, but maybe not a million miles away, <laughs> um, but definitely a 10k PB because I've been working that, I've been working that area, exposing myself to that. So the next sort of couple of weeks, I, I need to do another hill session because that was absolutely brilliant. It nearly killed me, but it was so good. Hills are amazing, like hard hills, like minute, two minute, 90 seconds, whew, that'll get you. So I need to do that again. I need to do another marathon sort of type session. And I want to do one more half marathon type session. So even though the session with Mark was like marathon pace and a bit quicker than, like, it was like 208 marathon pace. So like lofty goal marathon pace. But actually, by the last rep or two, it kind of became closer to half marathon effort. So I see that as like my first almost like nice, good half marathon type session, even though it was marathon pace. And so I probably need to do one more of those before I'm going to stand on the start line of the half marathon, because like I don't want to stand on start lines not prepared. And so what I'd quite like to do is probably like three times three mile, maybe at sort of like half marathon-y type effort or maybe even like a six or eight mile, you know, just pretty hard go, pretty hard effort. And and that would really prepare me. But remember that like everything comes as a cost. So the more focus you put on the half marathon, the less focus you put on the marathon. So you have to be willing to give it something because it deserves it. And and actually it might move the marathon stuff forward too, but it cannot take away from the big goal, which is the marathon, which hopefully soon I can tell you which marathon if I get confirmed, which would also be pretty awesome. But I'm going to leave you there. I, I feel like the mic was maybe working today. It was kind of in and out, but that's because I have it plugged into my iPhone, which I've not done before. But yeah, hopefully that worked. Um, that's about all I have for you. So, ciao.